You're listening to Finsights, a podcast published by the UNSW Finance and Banking Society. Welcome to another episode of the Finsights podcast, a podcast from the Finance and Banking Society of UNSW. So today we've got decentralized finance, or we call it DeFi. And with me today, I have UV, who's from UMCB, to bring us through a little bit of uh, what it actually is and what it will look like in the future, because it seems like it is the way to go in the future. So please take us away, UV. Hey, man. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so from UNCB. Uh, DeFi, 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 DeFi. Um, a term that's been thrown around a lot. Uh, something that obviously I'm biased about, but will grow to an exponential amount because it brings a lot of use cases, uh, especially when it comes to, I guess, um, taking custody of your finance and having the ability to send, receive transactions instantaneously at a very cheap rate. So basically, banks on steroids, I guess you could say, is what it is. So yeah. how, how does it actually work? So you don't have the actual bank. So where do you get the money from? Um, that's, what, that's what I need to know um so yeah um yeah so so how do you fund that uh it's probably through i say probably but it's mostly through i guess your actual bank account so you know you just inject money in your account whether it being a usually through a centralized exchange then you send it to your decentralized wallet and then you can play around with it as much as you want um DeFi actually is i guess you could say made up with a multitude of I guess, decentralized non-custodial products. So it includes decentralized exchanges. So like stuff like MetaMask, which is thrown around uh, protocols. So which we, I'll probably speak about later a bit, uh, being Aave and Compound and then synthetic derivatives, which we just won't go into. Otherwise it's going to take like forever. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so uh, moving on. What is the purpose of switching to a new method? Because I know that so many people, they are very comfortable where they are with banks. I trust the bank. Uh, people mm-hmm, may not mm-hmm. trust DeFi. It's like going into new waters. You're, you're swimming in somewhere new. You're being thrown into the deep yeah. end. So yeah, how? what is the actual purpose? Yeah, um, it's a good question, actually. I think the purpose of it is, like I said before, to have custody over your own finances and having the ability to do a lot more with your money than you usually would with a bank. So in traditional banking and like finance, it's centralized, which means that one overarching authority has all the control and power and can oversee sort of what you're doing, I guess you could say. And basically decentralized finance sort of like undermines that and brings this whole new prowess. So for example, I'm not sure if you're familiar with fractional reserve banking. It's basically, (laughs) okay. It's basically a thing where, um, for example, if I give the hundred dollars to a bank, then what they actually do is $10 of that is actually liquid. So something you can take out, whereas they end up using $90 in like their own endeavors, you know, dishing out loans, doing all these investments, stuff like that. And therefore, mm. that's what, I guess, digresses and like belittles the amount of savings interest rates that you get. So, you know, like like bank saving rates are like what? Like 0.3% if you're really lucky. Whereas, you know, DeFi brings this whole thing of like, you know, you can still save your money 
and stake it, I guess you could say. So flexibly, um, I guess, put in your account and earn like however much depending on the products that you use. So it has a, definitely a wide range of services. Yeah. Okay. So how much will it cost to borrow um, if we go use DeFi? Yeah. So cost to borrow, I think, is dependent on the actual lending platform. Uh, if I were to take that question and make it a little bit more broad, I would say um, a recent transaction that happened was someone actually sent $900 million from one uh, decentralized wallet to another one using the Bitcoin network. And the cost is only 93 cents. That's it. Like for such a large magnitude, a large amount, it was like less than a dollar. Whereas, you know, you go to the flip side where banks would end up uh, taking at least like a two, 3% fee, which in this case is like 20, $18, 27000000 million dollars. And yeah. it would be a lot slower because there's all this KYC onboarding stuff and it would at least take a month. It's just too much stress, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And it sounds like it will be better for my bank account or I should say DeFi account in the future because I'll be saving so much more money. Um, but you, you raised something up before regarding the savings rate. So when you mean you get it from, I don't know, how does the savings rate work? Where do you get the money or the rate from? Right. So um, in regards to a lending protocol for DeFi, mm. uh, a lot of it is just predetermined by the actual lending protocol. So oh, it, right. it's a similar thing to borrowing. Varies, it varies quite a bit. It's a, it is a similar thing to, I guess, a borrowing yeah. at a bank, but it's usually higher. Like, the, okay. for example, I'm not sure right now, but for example, if you want to borrow Ethereum, then you can, what it's called is lend it. And that can be used as your collateral. So collateral is a way of saying like your safe haven. So if you can't pay the loan back, that's sort of like your guarantee. So like sort of thing, you know what I mean? Um, it's sort of like a mortgage in a way. So like if you can't pay back your mortgage, then they'll just take your house or like liquidate other assets similar in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then usually it's like a three, 4% return rate, which is always usually better than like 0.1% of the bank gives you. And yeah, on top of that, you huge. have so many more things you can do. So, yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, yeah. It'd be very good to see what happens in the future with that. But uh, moving forward again is the money shot question. Actually, this is what we want to know. Will banks ever be replaced? Will banks ever be replaced? Um, or how will they change in the future? Because it seems like DeFi is this whole new thing that could just take over our existing um, structure in terms of the banking system. So yeah, please bring us through that. Okay, well, uh, the age-old question that everyone's been wanting to answer. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so it, I would put this into two constituents, so two different scenarios. Um, this varies like here and there, depending on the news that comes out. I think the first scenario is definitely that um, both these things can coexist. So banks can still be on their way and like be this whole centralized process that can be deemed as like the safe haven. And the DeFi can still experiment, you know, be invested in and like grow exponentially. And, you know, there's already banking, like executives and like, high-ranking banking institutions who are going to like DeFi platforms because they they know it's like sort of like the next big thing. But even then they are going to come to like this mutual understanding and sort of this thing of, okay, you have your role and you have your role. That's it, right? But I think the second one 
is that DeFi could end up replacing it. So it's like an either or. So either DeFi can end up being like this thing that completely undermines banks and puts them out of business, or banks can just you know come through and regulate it. So that's a big thing that's been happening recently, which is why it makes this uh, scenario a lot more plausible, I guess you could say. Um, especially when it comes to Australian tax regulations and like, especially America and stuff, uh, the implementation yeah. of CBDC being central or uh, centralized bank uh, digital currencies. So once those come into effect, it's basically a thing of um, taking a decentralized crypto, like a finance thing, and then just making it centralized. So you reap yeah. all the benefits of the blockchain and it's just centralized. So like they can still invigilate and sort of see what's going on. Yeah. That sounds much more secure if you do that, but um, I'd be scared it gets too centralized. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And like regulation in that area, how would that work? It's so easy to regulate banks, but this this thing here, uh, DeFi, can really can't regulate it, can you? Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, it's a shocking question. Um, yeah, it's very hard to regulate something that you can't control right? Mm. It's one of those, I think that's the whole message behind it, where the having the custody of your own products gives you like this, um, just this confidence and ability to do so many things with the money that you have, rather than constantly being watched by like a big authority. But to, like I said, like regulating something like this will be hard. Um, I think if they were to go forward with it, then they try to aim it at the root the root being like, if you are to, I guess, start up or create a new company, this is what you're limited to mm. rather than go for the solution. So like, like I said, there's a lot of transparency. Who do you know is who? Like, how do I know your, um, your wallet address is like 0x56a2? Like you can't, right? It's really hard to pinpoint someone who they are unless you have very solid evidence. So yeah, I think I am regulation. Think... Yeah, so oh, uh, I was going to say, sorry the credit rating as well like that was a perfect time to jump in but um mm. yeah you can't know that credit rating of the other person either um yeah exactly um yeah that's, that's a huge thing as well like because uh there are definitely a lot of credit rating i guess uh protocols and stuff out there that sort of focus on that but i feel like they're not big enough yet or there's like it's like an oligopoly in a way which basically means there's like oh whole range of like big players that try to i guess douse with credit rating but you don't mm. know which one is actually true because they're decentralized right like they could be paid yeah. off so there's too many uh what ifs going on to actually yeah. prove if something is fully credible within the DeFi space right now yeah okay that we'll see i hope so um and i hope my credit rating will be good as well <laughs> um <laughs> but the actual the actual next question is also a money shot question what we want to know is what careers look like in this sector in the future uh, i know there's growth of many many startups in this area but um i know that you don't only have to work in those companies to be part of this sector so maybe mm -hmm. even you do something different like yeah what do you do um yeah so my role within I guess the Web3 space. Uh, or like, Wait, what's Web3 again, sorry? So Web3 is, I guess, revolving or encapsulating anything related to blockchain, I guess you could say in a way. So blockchain, NFT, 
crypto DeFi, like all these mm. new jargon that you hear, it all comes under one umbrella, which is uh, Web3. Web3. But right. yeah, um, my role within Web3 is it, it's very community based. So like uh, right now I have a consulting firm, which revolves around, you know, providing advice for uh, current Web2 firms, Web2 firms being like current contemporary businesses on how to integrate NFTs and I guess anything related to Web3 within their business model. Uh, So yeah, that's the consulting side. And the other one in the more community-based is just Discord moderation. So um, being a part of all these Discord servers and making sure partnerships go well, uh, making sure people, I guess, are satisfied about the project, sort of listening to feedback and just, yeah, making sure we always improve and have this grand door. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, that's for you that's amazing that's like crazy what people can do and thank you do you think you need a specific degree like i do actuarial and economics but do you need a specific degree to go into a crypto or not crypto sorry a DeFi firm no not at all like i think it is definitely helpful because me personally i do commerce but i am obviously as you stated before part of the uncb the society um that has I guess, given me a lot of networking opportunities, which have led me to actually um, holding like these titles and positions. <clears throat> yeah. But I feel like even if you don't go to like a university or something like that, or go have this degree or whatever, I think um, if you just invest yourself within the community and start talking to people and show that you're interested and do a lot of self-learning, you can definitely go very far within this space yeah um but like even then what what would entail a job in a company like that would you be doing coding would you be talking a lot um yeah Mm. yeah um yeah so usually people who end up going into these firms uh and like they don't go uni and stuff they usually are self-taught coders usually um you can end up being other things like product managers but i feel like that still comes with some form of education or having some sort of internship and stuff i think that's the other thing i want to address here being that okay sometimes you do need university for certain roles especially when it comes to stuff like uh blockchain law um so for example like yeah you obviously need like a degree in law right and but at the same time, having this technical understanding of how blockchain works and the recent regulations and like all this different jazz that is just happening, like just so much hectic stuff. Um, it's always really important to have someone like that. It really is. Um, another career off the top of my head that comes to my mind is definitely blockchain gaming, right? Like that's something that obviously uh you don't have to go to the university to uh, be a gamer, right? So yeah. it provides the opportunity to, I guess, monetize the fact that you can just play games and earn a living of it, right? It's awesome. Yeah. Like, I remember reading a statistic recently where uh, the gaming industry was worth $186 billion. That's huge. And $0 of that went to the players. Absolutely, like zilch. And what's it called? Yeah, I think this provides a great opportunity, like, Axie Infinity last year and NFT collection ended up exploding because all these people in the Philippines were able to really invest their resources and time in the game and they were provided with scholarships and how they were able to, I guess, earn a living from it. It's awesome. Yeah, what does the game actually entail? Is it like you buy something and then you trade it or whatever? Is that the game? Yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, It's, I'm not like too super like, 
fanatic about the game itself it's very much to do with the buying and selling of nfts so right um it does sort of incorporate with DeFi because you have to learn how to like manage those finances in that space but the overarching thing is like yeah it's about nfts um the better quality your axie is the better like play it was sort of like a fighting game if i'm not skewed Mm. um yeah it's just like like 3v3 and stuff whoever won to the battle i guess and yeah that's just how it worked yeah interesting well i guess that really concludes all the main questions but i guess the main takeaways was um for us all even me to read up a bit more on DeFi, to watch a few videos um this was a very good introduction to this sector and area so thank you so much uv for sharing your time and your knowledge and i hope that you guys will go off and read a bit more so thank you again thank you everyone Thank you, thank you.